Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside Podcast with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And two features on this week's programme, but two very important ones, Kiri. And firstly, um, the meeting that was held uh, and well attended as well, um, put on by uh, DEFA and invited all the people involved in farming and meat production or anything to do with that side of uh, that involves the meat plant, were invited to the meeting and, well... Goodness me, a lot of them went to to hear the views, didn't they? They certainly did. It's very important for the island and for agriculture generally. And it was essential that we go forward one way or another. And we had the choice of the four options. And sure enough, they've gone with option four to put it out to tender. So we'll see how how it goes. Yeah, and, you know, everyone, I think, agreed that something has got to change. And uh, at the end of the day, they'd like to see it, you know, branching out and making something of it and possibly the marketing side of it um, you know pushed out a bit more because you've got to take your hat off to the Alaman Creamery side of it you know they've got uh, three or four people out and about you know trying to sell the Manx produce and Manx dairy produce and Maybe that's something that this certainly was spoke about, and we yeah. hearing that in depth with the with the minister for the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, Geoffrey Boot, on this week's program. And on that theme of future education, looking ahead, um, you were at the Doon School. That's right. I went along to see their brand new outdoor learning area, which is encouraging to look after the Manx countryside. Um, they're going to be growing their own produce and. Um, basically how to look after what what they have around them in the hills and and learn about the different flowers and local plants and yeah i think it's a fabulous idea okay so that's this week's countryside here it is now manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual We've spoke about it many times on Countryside for many years, and that is the Isle of Man meat plant. Um, everyone's aware, farmers, the government as well, carry aren't they, off, yeah. off the problems there. And it's just getting together and sorting out the best options for for the future. And you were there uh, with members of the family at the meeting. It seemed to, well, I suppose 12 options whittled down to four, and that was put to members of the farm and community, which I suppose is a good way forward, isn't it? Certainly we were given the chance to have a look through the four final options, each of the the NFU and the Meat and Livestock Committee, and public or farmers could give their views, and they went with option four, which was basically to put it out to tender. We've got to go forward one way or another, and this was their best option, so we'll see how we go. Well, I caught up with the Minister for Deaf, Geoffrey Boot, the day after, uh, after he had time to digest uh, what had been, I'd imagine, a fairly quick running evening, to get his views on it. And, uh, well, to talk about, firstly, uh, there was one or two people turned up, I suppose. Uh, yes, a few. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a good meeting, actually. Uh, we uh, planned for around 200. We had 172 seated. And uh, standing room, I estimate, over 200 people. I took a little bit of a straw poll to find out who they were. And uh, around 70% were farmers. Uh, There were some butchers, wholesale, retail. So it was a good mix. It's nice, I suppose, and encouraging that the people actually involved in it bothered to turn up. Well, I'm pleased that they have because it was not a consultation meeting. It was an informative meeting to let industry know what's been going on behind the scenes. The meat plant uh, has been, as I said last night, in a fairly dark place over the last few years. 
and government's been uh, putting more and more money in in subvention and in fact in the last 12 months if you look at uh, the trend it's now at around 1.4 million pounds and that simply cannot go on i felt last night that there was a realization in industry that things have got to change i think the whole top and bottom when you speak to people is that maybe it was too big when it was first built but we're stuck with that problem what you and your team are trying to do in consultation with the farmers and producers is is to come to this agreement with everybody what's the best way to eradicate the losses well to eradicate the losses we we need to look at a new business model we we looked at 14 options and we refined those down to four we presented those last night and the final option really is to to go out to tender and that will include the FMA, but with a new business model if they want to tender. And I, they are in a difficult situation. But I was pleased last night that both the MNFU and the FMA both made statements and support the moves that we're making to try and move the meat plant on. And I'll just go back to the size of the premises. Yes, the original building was predicated on a, a throughput that has never actually been achieved as far as I'm aware. But uh, DOI, who owned the building, actually halved the rent three years ago. So the rent that's being paid on the building is basically what would be paid on a building half the size. So it's not a matter of rent or rates. It's a matter of the whole business model going forward. Marketing is key. Good governance is key. And it's been variable over the years. And sadly, on the marketing side, local market penetration has dropped dramatically and it's absurd that we're exporting 80% of the meat we produce and we're importing around 80% of the meat we actually consume on Ireland and there's a big mismatch there and that means there's a big hole in the local market to fill but it needs proper marketing and at the moment that isn't happening. Lots of myths going around too about certain companies trying to avoid it by the sound of things by saying no, it's not quite up to the standard or we need this certification and what have you. But is this another thing that's involved with the marketing side of it that would clarify a lot of that? I think it is. If you look at the way Isle of Man Creameries operate, I think last night we heard that they employ four people on marketing. The meat plant has basically had a person involved in marketing, from what I understand. Is the creamery making money? Yes, the creamery is a good business model for a cooperative. And uh, last night I I stressed the fact that the FMA is a farmer-owned cooperative. And when the farmers berate us about the price they get or the grading they get within the plant, it's as if DEFA is responsible for that. Well, we're not. DEFA has been there to handhold, facilitate, help with substantial amounts of money to enable this cooperative to continue to exist and offer what is, in essence, a strategic service to farmers and, I believe, to the island as a whole. Marketing, we were talking about, I mean, is it just on the Isle of Man or can we market it better off-island as well? Or is the real crux of it to market it here to keep the meat on the Isle of Man? Well, the easy market to address and the one that is most logical is the local market. You don't have to transport far. We've got a good product, good provenance, grass-fed in the main. I can't see any reason why local consumers wouldn't want to consume locally produced meat. 
but that boils down to marketing and how we get that to the local consumer but yes at the same time there needs to be further marketing across because some of our meat is going to go across whatever happens we need to establish the biosphere brand a good provenance uh, disease free we've got a good story to tell but the reality is we are small players in the overall meat market of the UK or Europe and uh, we need to seek out niche markets and exploit those with with a hopefully a high value product but by the sounds of things uh, people are saying some of the producers who are supplying here on the Isle of Man are saying in general they're not really moaning about what they're actually paying for their produce when you say that you you mean the farmers aren't moaning? <laughs> no the farmers are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're talking frequently about the way the meat is graded in the plant and i've had to point out on numerous occasions that DEFA actually provides meat graders as a service to the meat plant, probably at higher cost than the FMA could source themselves. Arm graders are independently assessed and they work on that basis. So there's no commercial pressure on them from either the FMA or us to grade meat. In other meat plants where they commercially employ graders, they can respond to commercial pressures for different customers to supply specification according to the customer's demand. So when it comes to what farmers are paid on Ireland, once again, I reiterate, it is a farmer's cooperative and the FMA are determining the price, not defer so when we talk about equivalency which is one of the old chestnuts and i understand that farmers uh, like the idea of having equivalency with the uk but which market do you actually choose to use for your equivalency payment is it northern ireland southern ireland england wales scotland all the markets vary and is it the basic price paid do we include the overheads, rent, uh, rates, etc., and differing costs? So it's a difficult one. But at the end of the day, what farmers receive is determined by the FMA, their farmer-owned cooperative. I mean, recent times as well, um, even government have been concerned or asking questions about how much the government are supplying to themselves, to their own hospitals, things like that on the island. Well, procurement is a, an interesting uh, conundrum. Government is obviously tasked to get best value for money when it goes out to tender for contracts. That has been the imperative. But of late, and undoubtedly this process started at the end of the last administration, but certainly we're, we're driving it now, we're looking at the multiplier effect and value added within the island of using local produce, not just in terms of meat, but in terms of services provided. The multiplier effect is the word used. And certainly I'm, I'm greatly in favour of looking at that value because if we, for instance, a pound is spent in one of the large supermarkets that are not based on the island, it's actually worth according to some calculations, about 83 pence to the Manx economy. Whereas if you buy something from a, a supermarket that's using local produce, the multiplier effect could mean that within the Manx economy that could be worth 1.7 to £2 pounds, um, because mm. it's circular money. So I'm greatly in favour of uh, better local procurement and more local produce, particularly meat being used in the hospital and wherever in government that it's used. But I do think, having heard last night from one of the wholesalers, that there is quite a lot of Manx produce going through the National Health Service, for instance, 
and uh, we were assured last night that price is not an issue. What about pigs? Were they mentioned? Pigs were not mentioned specifically, as you're probably aware. We don't have a lot of pig production on the island. And what we do have is actually used, or, or, or basically is used in total, so we are not exporting any pigs. So all in all, sounds like a fairly diplomatic and sensible meeting. And what's the next step for yourselves? Well, yes, I think you're, you're right in that. The mood of the meeting was positive, I felt, and conversations after the meeting are obviously quite useful barometers of where we're going. And I think there is support and a realisation that we can't go on doing the same old thing. The future now, in the next few months, we're going to go through the PIN process and the tender process. The imperative is there because we, we have funding now until February next year for subvention. So we need to get something sorted out as quickly as possible. I'm optimistic that we're going to find someone, be it the FMA in a different guise or a third party, will come forward and view the meat plant as a business opportunity. And I think there is an opportunity there with with proper marketing and proper capitalisation. I think there is an asset there for both the Isle of Man generally and farmers. There we go. The Minister for the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, Geoffrey Boot, reflecting on the meeting. Well, to decide which they did on the night, the options forward for the Isle of Man meat plant, which uh, I suppose at the end of it, Kiri got the, the backing from most, I would say, of the farm and community and people involved in the, the meat processing, wasn't it? This is it. It's not obviously working as it is, so change is needed. And whether it's right or wrong, we'll, we're going to have to go forward and, and see what comes of it. Yes, indeed. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. We're very lucky here on the island to live in such a beautiful place with the hills and the fields being well looked after by the farmers and growers. So it's essential that the next generation are taught how to look after it equally as well as the previous. So I went along to Dune School to see how they're encouraging the children to do just that. Max, you've been very busy here at the Dune School with the outdoor learning area. Yes, we've developed an area at the far end of the school which we're hoping we're going to be able to use with all the children for the purposes of teaching them about the Manx countryside, rural sciences, that kind of thing. And, well, I mean, if you have a look at what we've got here, it's a fantastic facility because we've got a new log cabin which has been put in place. This wasn't here before. We have this lovely artificial grass area. That wasn't here before. What we did have was some play equipment and it was a bit outdated and not looking at its best, probably not safe to use. So we knew we had to do something with it. And that was where the conversation started, really. We wanted something that was able to be used by everyone. The play equipment that was here couldn't be used by everyone. It was designed for the younger children. So what we've got here is something that can be used by all the pupils, all the teachers, but also, and I think this is really nice, it can be used by everybody in the community. It's a base now, we've got an, a physical space. So, I mean, I, I don't know, but there must be people out there who would find this sort of thing useful. Oh, certainly, because everybody's wanting to get out in the Manx countryside now, you know, fell runners and bicyclists. Absolutely, and we've already had some interest from, from different people who might want to use this as a bit of a base. To be able to put this in place has been, I mean, I, I don't know, probably about a year in the making. Wow, yeah. And we haven't done it by ourselves. We couldn't really afford to do this sort of thing on our own. So we have had some help and, and we're very lucky actually that an organisation, now the name, I'll try <laughs> my best to get this right. <laughs> um, it's the Society for the Preservation of the Manx Countryside and Environment. 
they've funded a significant amount of this project and we've done that through one of their members, one of their committee members, who's John, and John's here. John Farragher, you've obviously been actively involved with this then from oh, the start. Yes, yes, yeah, me and Max. Um, yeah, Max contacted me, he'd heard me on Full Enough Women today talking about the role of the SPMCE. It's much easier than so. <laughs> And um, so we had a chat, Max explained about what he was doing and I felt that that was aligned with the educational purposes of the charity to help teach children about the countryside, you know, as we pull it, the, the custodians of tomorrow, you know, they'll be here in decades to come, you know, looking after the countryside and its facilities. So you know, I took it back to the committee and it was agreed and, you know, funding was provided and, it, you know, it's, it's produced a really, really good facility and it's, you just have to look inside, you know, there's there's going to be so much in there you know there's identification posters identification books geology there's so much in there you know i could sit here for 20 minutes listening <laughs> everything in, yeah. but it's given the children a hands-on approach to to life outside of of towns basically yeah to totally i mean Mackled's one of my favorite uh, parishes on the island isn't it you know you've got uh, the river you've got the beach You've got the hills behind the school. I mean, I don't know how anyone works here, Max, to be honest. I'd just be sitting out there looking out the window. You know, there's even a farm across the road with all the sound effects. And as Max was saying, you know, the sheep and the chickens. And the, yeah. I find them on the school playground, the sheep. Yeah. So it's all part of working in the countryside. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's good for the kids, you know. And, and um, you know, I was quite lucky. I work for the NFU Mutual. And you know, they also provide some funding as well for some of the equipment that, that went in the school, and it's it's just there for the future. It's you know it's what kids should be doing. You know it's what I did as a kid, like growing up in Peel. That's all we had was Peel Hill and the beach. So yeah, yeah. it's given the children the chance to see if they'd like to do something like this in the future. Maybe a, a gardener or a farmer or, or such like. Maybe they've never had the the chance to have the opportunity to get in digging amongst the soil and grow their own plants and produce. Yeah, I'm sure Max will confirm. It's good for child development. It's good for learning it's good for having a passion and i've got one of the kids nodding vigorously in front of me <laughs> so, you, so you're obviously looking forward to using the facility my name is daniel Comley. i'm year six here at dude and um as you found out i'm really excited about this facility because it looks like such an amazing place to learn about the manx countryside and about all the wildlife that lives here and have you been on the isle of man all your life uh yes i have so you'll be you'll be well used to the manx countryside coming to doing school but this new classroom it'll be different from being inside the school you'll be excited to get outside oh yeah definitely the old equipment i agree it was quite old and to get a fresh start it's it's really great and what's your name leighton ballard and are you looking forward to going into the new new log cabin yeah i'm really excited because in school, like, it's really fun, but then when you come in and you know you can be outside and you can be with the wildlife, instead of going to the wildlife, it comes to you. Oh. So you almost like it's a new step up for learning. Fabulous. Max, you must be ever so delighted with this. I am I'm very pleased with it. And one of the things that they're talking about there, about being outside and coming into school and, and learning outside, is part of this as well. Not just learning about the environment, but just being in it and, and being part of it. So we're, we're envisaging, we've got these tables and, and chairs set out like a classroom, but outside. So we're envisaging that if a teacher wanted to do a maths lesson outside, that would be absolutely fine. We have the whiteboard set up on the outdoor wall so that the learning can just take place outside. And John's right, there are, there are benefits to that as well, the fresh air and all of that sort of thing. It's The Scandinavians do that sort of thing with their lessons. Yeah. They're outside a lot, and I think we can learn from that. So we're going to be taking learning outside as well as using the outside to learn about 
the countryside and the environment. Scandinavian countries have the happiest children, so uh, and there must be reasons behind yeah. uh, their education system. So, yeah. Well, this is it, but also the children are able to name this log cabin, and that's going to be announced at the opening ceremony, I it believe. Is, yeah, we had a bit of a competition, which uh, was a Max and myself's kind of brainchild, and... Uh, We've come up with a really good name, so that's going to be announced. And yeah, uh, We're going to announce it to the Stull community at the opening ceremony, which is on Tuesday. But th the name that's been chosen is Balachilda, which wow. is, I guess it's supposed to mean place of children, children, but it's not, Childa isn't quite a manse word, it's manse dialect, I've been told. Mm. So it's a, an Anglo-manse name, and I thought it was, it was a really good, yeah. good choice. It was, it was a good suggestion, yeah. it was a good choice, and... Uh, so that's come from a young lady called Isabella Carouche and she's in class three, so she's going to be delighted. But also you're hoping to have mini beast trails and hunts and bird tables to, to discover the Manx bird life. It's slightly different to the UK as well. Yes, that's very much part of the plans and for all of these different sections that we've got set up outside, we have the Bud Hotel, we have the bird table, for each of those different sections we have these big classification signs so that when you're looking at the, the Bud Hotel, you can see what insects are in there. Wow. If you're watching the bird table, the post of all the different birds that are there will help you identify that. We've even got one with all the, the different types of cloud, so that when you're outside, you can look up into the sky, see the pattern of the cloud and work out yeah. what sort of Typical cloud Typical rain cloud. But it's, it's also got electricity, so, you know, on even poorer days, you can still get outside and, and enjoy the... Yes, we've tried to make it as usable as possible, so it has uh, electricity, it's got a lovely vinyl floor, which has been put down, so you can go with muddy feet and everything. But in front of it, we've got this area, which we've actually put an artificial grass down, and part of the idea behind that is that in this day of children having allergies and hay fevers and, and things like that, there's no excuse actually. We can get everybody outside. But John, you've been being you've been getting approached from other schools for this kind of um, environment and yeah, approach the, to life as well. Yeah, the the, the society um, we're quite happy to to help fund educational purposes. Um, you know, we're doing a bit of work with the uh, community farm in Douglas uh, with Lee Brooks down there. The fantastic job that he does. We're providing education in the countryside, um, the field-to-fork concept that they have, which is fantastic. So, yeah, you know, it, it's really good to, to kind of use the money for good good purposes. And um, yeah. A lot of the secondary schools, when, when I was there a good few years ago now, but they did have rural science classrooms. Um, it doesn't seem to be, you know, they seem to have changed their ways a little bit now, but it's going back maybe towards the, I, the roots again. I hope so. I mean, uh, I'm not the education professional, I'm sure Max would be able to say but yeah when I was at school it was it was slightly different to what it is now and I, I'm happy that it seems that we're you know on the island that, that other aspects of education are becoming as important you know you've got the out to play guys from the, from the you know the, you know the forest school there's other aspects of, of a child's development which are as equally as important as arithmetic and so that's very true and that's certainly something that we do here at Doon isn't it chaps we have the forest school experience that we put in we do work with partners like the, the children's centre we do our residential visits which you're looking forward to yeah, where are we off we're, to we're going to Shropshire at the end of this year wow. for outdoor activities so it's going to be really fun so in in the cabin guys what's going to be your your favorite part do you think i think all the sciencey and experiments we've got lots of like we've got like bird wings we've got bones we've got skeletons and so it can just Instead of seeing it from maybe a couple of metres away, we can see it close up 
and see the fantastic. small details and the great parts of the animals. And what about you? I agree with Layton as well, but I think it will be great to have, like, because we have magnifying glasses and and we have little mini beasts inside magnifying glass types type things so we can take a look and like study study what they look like and and see like uh, beetles and flies and yeah and, and get them under a microscope and have a look yeah. see them close up yeah, yeah. that's going to be absolutely brilliant isn't it so you're all very very excited here then at doing school yeah definitely, definitely. need to thank um quite a lot of people who've been part of this project not least the the staff here at the school have worked tirelessly in setting up and kitting it out having the, the thing put there is one thing but then I've had to go to the teachers and say right you've got the facility now let's get it set up and that they've done an absolutely super job at uh, doing that obviously need to thank John and what's your abbreviated name John? SPMCE. Thank you um, for being very generous in their donation to, to helping this to life. The Mattled Social Club at least um, the old part of that club who had some funds available have given us some money as well, which has helped to get the power out to it and the electricity and the, the floor put down. And the, the people that we've used to do this, Ground Care, James at Ground Care has, has done a super job at, at doing this and has been very accommodating, made sure he could do it over a half term so that the building work didn't affect the learning that's going on in school. Um, magic carpets for putting down the floor and gave us a, a slightly discounted price. So all of these people have helped to, to make this come to reality. So yeah. a thank you from Doon School to all of them. That was John Farragher from the Manx Preservation of the Manx Countryside and Environment, Max Kelly, the headmaster of Doon School, and two of their pupils. Really sound enthusiastic, Kiri, about um, encouraging them to learn a lot about the countryside, isn't it? Because I suppose some of it gets left out. They, they get the basics of it, but to take it that one step further, I yeah. think it's very encouraging because I suppose there is, I suppose, a few from the towns more branching out into the to the country schools somehow, isn't it? That's right, and and they see it as an essential part of learning. It's, it's for, the, for generations to come. And the, what their lovely log cabin they've got and all the, the resources they've been given will certainly put them in good stead. It's, it's, it should be in every school, really. It's fantastic. Mm. And it's in a way, it's it's funny because, you know, we do this programme. You're full-time involved on farm. I grew up on one, but not involved in it now. Um, but the fact that you think when you're in it, everyone should basically know that. Simple, maybe simple things to us. But it's, it isn't as simple to people who who maybe have only been to a farm once a year and things like that. This is it. It's uh, generations of experience and knowledge how to look after the land. And, and it, we are very lucky. It is so well looked after here on the island. And to teach the next generation is essential. Mm, you only need to speak to the older generation about... Uh, unblocking ditches and changing the ditches to other things. Get away with you. You'll have somebody <laughs> else's field flooded and things. It is. It's very it much works, like so. that. Yep. Yeah. But, but passed down through the generations, it's, yeah, it's needed. Never written down anyway. Never. No, but there you go. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There you are. So some important issues on this week's Countryside, Kerry. The, the Dune School looking well ahead there to the future and of the education of the children because that's what we've got to look at. And there's so much just to to farming and the environment, which it's all involved in, in the one sort of remit now, isn't it? Where it's not just about how to raise animals and get the best price for them. 
looking after that whole circle yeah. of life, so to speak, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The island is such a beautiful place and without the farmers and growers doing what they do and taking the knowledge down from generation to generation, it wouldn't look quite as good as it is. No, and I'm glad that uh, the question wasn't asked about how calves are made and things like that <laughs> on the programme. And also Geoffrey Boot given his uh, verdict on the very important meeting that was held about the future of the Isle of Man meat plant and... The great thing about that was the attendance, wasn't it? Oh, so fantastic. many people are interested in keeping that meat plant going, aren't they? Definitely. Definitely. It's essential for the island. That's all for this week's Countryside, though. We'll be back at the same time next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermode. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.